This is something Jesus commanded and specifically appointed her to tell. Verse 18. John tells us it's still Sunday, same day. Little time has passed since Mary saw what she saw and told what she saw. And you can tell not much time has passed because the disciples are terrified. Technically, they know everything's okay now. They've been told. It's all right. Jesus won. But it hasn't sunk in. They're cowering. Verses that follow are some of the most direct in the entire Bible for addressing us, you, me, now. They speak into our normal Christian experience. So let's receive continuing Easter joy. Verse 19 to 23. Jesus guarantees church. Jesus guarantees church. There it is, verse 19. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. That first thing Jesus says, that's a deep thing. But it's not something the disciples really take on board. They don't seem any more peace-filled after he said it. This peace is freedom from fear and anxiety, although they're still afraid after this. But there's also a sense that Jesus is proclaiming the real heavenly consequence of everything he's done. We've seen him as the gardener last week. And now he's saying, God and you are not at war anymore. There's a cosmic dimension. And it's three times he says it. Do you see that? And perhaps it doesn't affect them here and now. They can't see that anything's different when he says, peace be with you. It's just words. But it is something they're experiencing, even if they don't see it, even if they don't feel it. Jesus says three times, Peace with God is possible now. It was promised before, but now it's actually happened. So there's a hint that seeing is not the most important thing, although it seems to be to the disciples. They can't see that peace with God has happened, but it has. And when Jesus tells them, that means something. Perhaps at this point, we're a bit like, yay, They got to see him. But that person that I wish would believe didn't. I didn't. BBC didn't. Verse 20, Jesus shows them his wounds. Seeing is clearly part of it. But Jesus doesn't dwell on it. This is when things start getting direct to us now. There are loads of things Jesus doesn't do and Jesus doesn't say. It's worth reflecting. What would we have liked him to do? Particularly in terms of showing us something. What is it that we feel we've missed out on if we've ever felt like that when we've looked at these passages? What would make us sure of him if we're not sure? There are people today who have seen Jesus. Many people in Iran are becoming Christians because they've seen Jesus and heard him in dreams. Many saints, including Paul famously, saw him and heard him. 
That is a possibility. Seeing has led to belief for many Christians. But that's not Jesus' priority and it's not his normal way of doing things. He doesn't go any further than showing them his wounds here. Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. But we don't get it. That's not what we get to read about. The joy they have at seeing him is not the focus. There are things Jesus tells them. Here's three of them. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit with his sign of him breathing. And you can forgive or hold people's sins. These three things are why there is a church. The apostles are specifically commissioned by Jesus to be those he sends to form churches, to continue this gathering of his people together across the globe and the centuries. Jesus starts a chain here that is unbroken to today. Apparently there's a Shakespeare original folio going on sale for £6 million. don't know if you've heard about this. And apparently, like, the guy I was seeing who was reading it really needed to sneeze. So he was, he was opening this book and was like, <gasps> and he was just thinking what would happen. And apparently you can dunk it in water and everything because they made it to last. Uh, but the tingling thing about, I don't know, some people don't get this. Like, sorry, second time, Pippi really doesn't get it when we see like Jane Austen's original manuscripts in the British Library I'm like whoa she's like whatever it's just a bit of paper like you know but there's that set sorry that is true isn't it like but there is a connection isn't there when you see something that's hundreds of years old and realize we're still reading Shakespeare now that's actually Jesus plan here it's not a mistake we realize there are some things that come to us in a better form than others So reading a spoiler for a plot in a film or a TV that you're watching in a tweet by mistake, you know, it's this person, you know, that kind of stuff. That's not how you wanted to find it out, is it? You want to watch the story unfold. I am a firm believer that watching the film is always worse than reading the book. Don't know, maybe we could quibble about that. Seeing a piece of art in a gallery is better than looking at it on a screen, however detailed the picture Hearing a piece of music played by someone with an actual instrument is better than a recording. Jesus has given us ways of knowing and experiencing that are different and appropriate to whatever thing that is. When we want to get at Jesus with our eyes, our touch, that is a good desire, but it's not essential for us to be part of church. Jesus spends most of his time after the resurrection making sure we know the apostles are his way of guaranteeing church. When we read the Bible, the Old Testament as well, that they preached and what they went on to write. When we're part of church, established by the apostles and continuing to today, we're not more distant from Jesus than they were. Time doesn't break the chain. Jesus breathing on the apostles is a powerful symbol of promise 
They don't receive the Holy Spirit's power yet. We know that. We're waiting for Pentecost. But they're marked as those who will. And more than that, they'll meet others who will receive this same Holy Spirit through their ministry. Jesus' breath stays with them, just as all of us are breathing that breath that was breathed into Adam that first day. So if we're Christians, we have Jesus' resurrection breath, the Spirit, guaranteeing eternal life when we meet together in church. So... As the Father has sent you, uh, as far as sent me, I'm sending you. That's one thing. Breathing, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the next thing, you have to go back to almost the beginning of John's gospel to get this. A lot of Christians have been troubled by this bit about forgiving sins and things. So I'm going to try and give us what I think it's saying. John 1.29. Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. First thing John the Baptist says when he sees Jesus. That's the closest to forgiving sins that we get in the whole of John's gospel, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The only real mention of forgiveness, forgiveness of sins, is here. John chapter 20, verse 23. Now, Jesus is doing it all the time in the other gospels, so obviously he does forgive sins himself. But John particularly wants us to see that assurance of forgiveness doesn't depend on having Jesus standing there in front of us. Everything Jesus does in this short bit of the Bible is handing over what he's been doing and saying to them. So they can continue the chain. They can hand it over to other church leaders. Without this pattern, there is no connection to Jesus. Jesus enables relationship with him through church that goes beyond geography, history, even our physical sight. He gives power within church to know forgiveness of sins. And there's a lot that could be said about it, but just hopefully this is helpful. At the very least, this verse suggests it really is impossible to go solo as a Christian. When we come to church, forgiveness is never withheld. That's the bit after we say the confession. That's why I said you today. I need forgiveness too. But when I say that, you get to hear a human say, you are forgiven with Jesus' authority. I've met a lot of Christians who really struggle to believe they're forgiven. And more often than not, it's because they've kept their distance from church. They're not making use of that thing that we can do for each other that we can't do on our own. You cannot tell yourself you are forgiven. Yes, the Holy Spirit is with you. Yes, you receive Jesus' forgiveness. But any minute you're like, am I imagining it? Has he really forgiven me? What if I'm just, I had a good breakfast this morning and tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll feel just as grotty and wrong as I ever did. We need to hear someone say it. We need someone to look us in the eyes and say, you are forgiven. That's what Jesus means about this bit. We need each other to know and experience forgiveness. We will feel distant from Jesus if we keep church at arm's length. Scriptures, 
and church are the way Jesus sends the apostles to us. Jesus guarantees church. Next bit, verse 24 to 31. Jesus guarantees blessing through hearing, not seeing. Jesus guarantees blessing through hearing, not seeing. The first verses we looked at are packed. So John gives us a case study in case we didn't get it. What happens if someone insists on seeing themselves rather than hearing from church? I'm not going to psychoanalyze Thomas. I don't know. I don't know what tone of voice he said this. I don't know whether he was sad or whether he was unbelieving or whether he was grumpy or whatever. I said that. Just not going there. Like loads of sermons do that on this Sunday. I'm not doing it. Jesus tells us what we're supposed to learn from him. And John chooses this moment to tell us why he's written the book in the first place, led by the Holy Spirit, commissioned by Jesus. And again, it's like a fourth wall bit. You know that bit where they turn to the camera and say, yeah, I know you're watching. You know that, like, or, or the fact that in Friends, they never, they never hang any picture on the wall that you're seeing through. You know, you know that, like, it's the classic thing, isn't it? Like, you suddenly realise you're not just reading the book, the author's talking to you. That's what this verse is like. These are written so you, reader, can believe. Thomas is more significant for what he says when he does see Jesus. Do you see that? My Lord and my God. This is the conclusion we're invited to reach along with Thomas. But without what he requests and ends up being given. Now, Jesus can give us that. Sometimes he does, just like he does for Thomas. Maybe there is a specific prayer that you, you need, or he's decided you do need, answered. And that will end up being a means of your trust in him growing. That's great. It does happen. But that's not the truly blessed Christian experience. The richest, truest, deepest Christian experience is hearing what you are all hearing of Jesus now and simply taking him and his apostles at their word. The Bible is unusual as a book in telling us how we should be reading it. There are so many sources of information, so many people we could listen to. We're finding it increasingly difficult as a culture to work out what we should listen to, what sources are trustworthy. So Jesus gives us now a very direct invitation through his apostle. And it's a deliberate invitation. It's not evasive. He offers nothing less than eternal life. Life like his, risen from the dead to rise and live forever. But only when we take him at his word through church. That is the blessed way in. And it's the only way available to everyone throughout history and across the world. Maybe there's something we want to see Jesus do that is one of the many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. And therefore, we're not going to get to see him do it. Can we leave that with him and go with what he has clearly given us? Eternal life is at stake Blessedness in church 
is on the table. Blessedness in church is literally on that table. We do get to touch and taste something. Bread and wine. By faith, the body and blood of Jesus. Jesus guarantees church. Jesus guarantees blessing through hearing, not seeing. Let's pray. Father, please help us when we do doubt and struggle. Please give us fresh vision of everything you say to us through church, through the scriptures. Please knit us together as the community where sins are forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.